0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the AGD podcast series. I'm your host, Dr. Wes Blakesley. If you've ever played a team sport, I'm sure you've had a coach. When you really think about it, dentistry is a team sport, but few of us were ever trained to be a coach in our practices. You know, the person who calls the place. So we wing it. Today, my friend Lynn Leggett, a real-life dental coach and consultant, is going to teach us how to build a winning team in our office. Uh, Lynn, welcome to the podcast. Good morning.
1: Oh, good morning, Wes. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, this is going to be fun because I was an athlete uh, through high school and a little bit in college, and uh, I believe in teams and I believe in coaches. So I'm just going to jump right in here and, uh, and start off with the first question, and that is, what's the difference between having employees and having a team Working with you?
1: Oh my gosh, there is a huge difference because really the short answer is having employees, there are tons of things that slip through the cracks in your practice. Um, You could have those individuals be be clock watchers. You know, they're always looking to see when they can take a break or when is lunch or um, their needs are the priority versus the patient's needs and the patient care. So when you have employees, Really, your practice will suffer because of that, because no one's going to go that extra mile. And, and we know in dentistry, we do that on a daily basis because of how we want to care for our patients. Um, the other thing that can happen within that dynamic is when you have employees and not a team, the, the thought and the mindset is going to be, what's in it for me? And you'll find that no one will help each other out, like with cleaning rooms. I know when teams are truly working together, it doesn't matter what needs to get done. Everybody works together to get everything done. Um, or you're also going to have that phrase of, or attitude, it's not my job, so I'm not going to do it. That would be an employee versus a true team member.
0: So then, how is it possible for us to create a team from employees if we have these folks in our offices who aren't really, you know, toe in the line? Uh, what's the dynamic, what's, the, uh, what's the, the schematic, if you will, of creating team members from employees?
1: Well, the, the biggest thing with, with doing that is with a team, once you create that, everyone's going to be accountable to each other, and everybody wants to succeed, and they're willing to change and learn new things. But trust is the biggest thing within a team that you're going to need to have And also another thing I like to talk about, which is discipline. So how you create a team from employees is going to take the leadership of the doctor to be able to do that. And I found when I I first started doing this many, many years ago, I found that a lot of doctors would just sort of shut down when I mentioned the word leadership. And I realized that's not something that a lot of dentists are familiar with or or they know the term, they just don't know how to do it. So I started really showing the other side of me, which is is my coaching outside of the dental world as well, since I coach girls AAU basketball. And I started using more of my basketball um, analogies with my clients and realized, hey, this is really sticking. So from a practical standpoint, I'm able to talk to doctors about Leadership is really learning how to be the head coach, because like you said earlier, if, if you've never played a sport, you know what a coach does. Take your favorite sport, if you like the NFL or NCAA, you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, everybody has an idea of what a coach does. And if for some reason sports is not your thing, as a listener of, of Wes's podcast, if you were in music or, or a theater, think about your director as the coach. The biggest thing is having a, a visual connection to what I'm talking about. So there is a process to learn how to coach and being able to break everything down into um, the fundamentals. And how do we handle you know practice time versus game time and things like that. So that's really the crux of it is learning how to be the coach is going to help you create a team from employees.
0: So that leads to my next question. How do we, as, as dentists, uh, how do we learn how to, how to be a head coach? I mean, uh, my daughter also played AAU basketball and, uh, she had a wonderful coach. Uh, he he just was everything a coach should be, but he had been doing it for a long time. Well, I've been a dentist for a long time and I've never had any, uh, Courses on on coaching, uh, uh, no courses really on leadership. How do we do it? Where do we learn this?
1: Well, my easy answer is learn it from me. But let me give you a little bit of (laughs) of (laughs) of, of how to do that. Because when you think about a coach and and think about your experience as an athlete and, and your daughter also playing AAU, a coach has many, many roles. I think, in my opinion, if they're a good coach because there are many facets to being a coach. The biggest thing is going to be creating that culture of how you want your practice to be. And I know that's another buzzword that everybody likes to throw around, but I like to take things that people don't understand and make it very simple. That's what I love to do. Um, Culture to me is just determining what is acceptable and what's unacceptable for you. That's all it is. And, and part of a coach, if you think about like for me, When I coach, all of my players know if I blow my whistle, you better run to me, not walk to me, because that's my expectation. But what did it take to get my team to understand that? It took planning on my part. It took discipline on my part to be able to share with my team what the expectations were. And I find that in the dental world, that is the weakest link. Because everybody thinks, well, I hired her to be my assistant. Why can't she just do what I hired her to do? It's not that simple because nobody is a mind reader. And sometimes we're very clear with our communication and sometimes we're not very clear. And then we're dealing with different personality types. So it, it sort of gets muddled into a big hot mess at some time. Um, so there are ways to attack that and to clear that up.
0: Interesting. I just have a thought. Uh, being a male, and I have an all-female team. Uh, do you do you uh, perceive, or have you seen different dynamics between offices? And I don't have a very you know big office. I've you know we're kind of lean and mean, but uh, male uh, r- working with an all-female staff versus a female working with an all-female staff.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I can tell Let's you. Let's talk about that. Okay, sure. Um, I can tell you, like females, and I, I will say this based for, for my gender. Same thing with, with younger females coaching, because I've coached boys, but I majority um, coach girls basketball. If there's a teenage girl in front of me and I'm approaching her the wrong way, and you know with having daughters, you know that look on their face, and you just know they're standing in front of you, but they're not listening to a word you're saying, because you've hit the proverbial wall. You, you know what I'm describing? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> Only have, too well. I, I have two daughters. <laughs> I have a daughter and a son, so I, I, can, I have to talk to them differently because they perceive my words differently. And so for, for females, the same thing happens. They're going to shut down as adults as they did with teenagers. And the difference is how do you communicate with an all-female team so that they understand where you're coming from. And part of that really is clear communication. Um, And we may be getting into this a little more detail, but part of that is as a doctor, you need to have a clear mission and vision statement. And I'm not talking about the ways that we did it decades ago in the 80s. This is actually practical business-minded things the way way that I do it. Um, Because everybody needs to understand what are your goals? What, what do you want the practice to be? And a lot of that requires the doctor to think, what, what do I want? I say, I know what I want, but let's put it on paper. Let's have the team sit down and discuss it as a whole and work through that. And that's something that I work with practices all the time is creating the mission and vision statement. And that can be an all day um, exercise all by itself to be able to work through those two things. That's how detailed I like it to be because that's when you start finding out, um, you know, Susie at the front desk is doing X, Y, and Z. Well, let's get everybody on the same page. So if you start with everybody on the same page, then the accountability is automatically going to be built into the system. I find that a lot of dentists don't want to do that or haven't done that in the past. And that really is the issue. It comes back to, discipline, planning, and creating that mission and vision statement.
0: Let's take a right turn again. Uh, Let's talk about a mission and a vision statement just in a very succinct, can't talk today, in a very succinct manner. Would you uh, describe each one as it is and then uh, highlight, if you can, what the differences are between them?
1: The biggest difference, so the mission is going to be really how, what do you stand for? What is your purpose for having your practice? And I know you had to think about this when you were in dental school because that's the whole reason why, you know, it's part of the journey of becoming a dentist, right? Maybe you didn't think that you wanted to be a business owner, but now you are. And now you're wondering, now what do I do? Or you've been practicing for over 20 years and things aren't running as smoothly as you ever thought they would, so now what do you do? So it really is, that question really, Wes, is applicable no matter how many years you've been practicing dentistry. But with the mission statement, that is your measuring stick for the practice. When any decision needs to be made, you need to go back to your mission statement and say, okay, is, is this, are we going to be for this? Or are we against this? What, what are we standing for? It's more than just ethics, the way that I do the mission statement. The vision statement is more about, and that's much lengthier. Um, the vision statement is, has to do with culture and different things that you want your practice and your patients to be, um, to be treated. Like, how do you want your phone to be answered? It sounds very simplistic, but if everybody isn't on the same page on how you want your phone to be answered and how you want your patients to be treated, then automatically your team members are not on the same page. And then it can grow into, the way I look at it, culture is a part of the vision statement. So it's not only how do we handle the patient expectation when they're in our practice, and we break it down step-by-step, step, starting with when they walk through the door and when they walk out the door. And you know there are a lot of things in between those two statements that can go well and, and not go well at all. So that's part for me. that's how I help um, offices create their vision statement by walking through everything in between those two things.:
0: It sounds like a dissection really. You know you're really dissecting <laughs> the, the practice and then stitching it back together. You know we could probably just uh, do a whole podcast on that, you know, just really going through the nuances and uh, and that would be interesting because that that's your, uh, that's your game plan really. Uh, I like that. Okay. Uh, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been practicing over 40 years, and I've had my ups and downs like everyone else. Interesting, I practiced in the military uh, for three years. I practiced in a large group for a couple of years, and then I hung a shingle out and, and, and took the dive into private practice and never looked back. Uh, and so I've worked with different teams. And uh, the the biggest problem for me was always holding them accountable. And you kind of brushed on this when we talked about uh, vision and mission statements. So let's go back to that. Uh, just like our basketball players, you know, my daughter was a power forward, her best friend was a guard, and they had different, they had different missions on the team. But uh, how, how do you hold uh, the members accountable? What are some, uh, some mechanisms or some, uh, some rules about that?
1: Okay, um, I'm going to make the assumption when I answer this question for you that you've hired good people. So let me, let me say that first. Um, yeah, I
0: have. The and, next, and okay. Yeah, yeah, great. People. I mean,
1: for anybody that's listening too, it's like, okay, this is this is what you've you've got. So if if you haven't hired, if people haven't hired the right people, then that's the first question that needs to be answered before this question. But it really the, the team accountability. Everybody likes to say, oh well, um, I just don't know how to do that, or 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 what does this look like when you think about teams, and it doesn't matter sports, dental, all of this works discipline and planning is really where that comes into fruition because the team is accountable and will follow the leader. In the case that we're talking about, that has to be the dentist or, or the owner, which is the same thing with the example that we're talking about. You need a structure as the coach to be able to do that. And I think a lot of planning has to go into how, how do you view your your practice, and and you mentioned the word dissection. I love to dissect things. I mean, I'm a, I'm a STEM girl at heart, and I loved in biology dissection. I just I'm I'm a, I'm a geek that way, a self you know self-assessed geek that way. But I love taking the parts and pieces of a dental practice, taking them apart, seeing how they work, put them back together as a whole, and getting everything to work together. And most people don't think like I do, which is probably a good thing considering what I do for a living. But the, the planning part is what a lot of people just don't take the time to think about because they just think, oh, I'll wing it or it will happen. It's an environment that you create when you start thinking about your practice and saying, okay, back, back to the culture statement, what's acceptable and what's unacceptable. The moment that somebody misses the morning huddle, okay, what are you going to do? Because that's where the discipline comes in. You have to you have to have a discussion about that because your team is hoping that you're going to do the right thing by addressing that. If it's a priority for everybody to be there and it was a non emergency, traffic happens to every everybody, then leave earlier. That's not an excuse to miss morning huddle. You know what I mean? There there are things yeah. that it takes that discipline to say, I I it's not a I didn't say they were easy conversations. But you have to have the discipline to to deal with the issue at hand when it arises, because if not, you're actually hurting your own team by teaching them it's okay to be late. Because if you don't address it, then nobody else is going to address it. And I know you've got 25 things that that are on your list to do before you walk into the office, but it's those moments of of self-discipline as the leader that you've got to say, this is important because if not, that is going to really start to disintegrate what you're trying to build. If that makes sense.
0: Makes a lot of sense. In fact, I will tell you, I learned discipline in the Navy and uh, I learned that being on time is being 15 minutes early.
1: And if you're Mm -hmm. late,
0: uh, you want to die on the spot. So that was my, uh, (laughs) that was my education (laughs) about discipline and being on time. so anyway, uh, I want to go back, you know, circle back to another uh, statement that you made, and that is uh, practice time and game time. Uh, what are they in, in a dental office, and, uh, and how are they different?
1: Well, I'll tell you, practice time, yes, there is, there is a huge difference. Practice time is when you are not seeing patients, and game time is when you're seeing patients. So I, I know I talked about, you know, prepping for things, But if your team is not handling things correctly when you're seeing patients, and sometimes you don't see that because you're in the operatory. So you've got to rely on other people that are seeing what's happening behind the scenes when you're in the operatory and you're not walking the halls and you're not seeing the interaction between people and different things. So that's why the culture is so important and the practice time is important. That's why you should have a morning huddle if you don't have a morning huddle. it's really a time to sit down, plan out. Um, if we're going to make a sports analogy, it's when you're going to plan out your place and figure out, you know, are you going to play a zone or man to man? All these different things that come into play. And of course, you and I can talk X's and O's all day. So if I get too far into the basketball analogy, pull me back west because I have a habit of doing that. <laughs> so I'll leave it to you to bring me back <laughs> to, to the dental side. <laughs> Um, but a lot of that too has to do with expectations because we don't tend to put those things on paper and a lot of practices they have team members that want their opinion to be heard but if you're not having regular meetings sometimes they don't feel like they can say things to the owner because that culture hasn't been built that way and then dentists are like well nobody comes to me when there's a problem well, how have you built that environment to be able to have that communication? You know, it, it, the communication works both ways. Um, so it, it really is building that environment where let's break down the walls, let's have honest communication because I'm gonna go a little off track here for a second, but bear with me, I'll get back on the track. Um, I don't personally believe that conflict is a bad thing. I never have it's how you deal with the conflict that can be horrible. So, if there is an issue, if you're not dealing with it, it's going to be like a tumor that's going to grow. And you need to deal with it and cut it out. Um or else this or else you're still going to have the same problems and it's not going to clear up on its own. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. Absolutely. So,
1: And that's part of your planning also is, is recognizing, okay, something didn't go the way we wanted it to. And it's okay. Cause life is not perfect. Our patients and our schedules are not perfect. Nothing is perfect. So I know a lot of dentists love being, it's like you get extra points. If if things are perfect, you gotta let that go because you're dealing with people and people are not perfect. So once you let that go and allow yourself the freedom to be able to look at the uh, look at your practice from a different standpoint, it really will open up a whole new world for you.
0: I believe that you're making a believer out of me. And remember, zones <laughs> can be penetrated. So <laughs> exactly,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm a man to man guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, you I, know I love that, a box you know one too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to
0: talk about this after the podcast. It'll be fun. Okay. Uh, we've, kicked around, we've kicked around a couple of terms, mindset and attitude. Uh, what's the difference between the two? I don't think most of us realize there is a difference. And you and I have talked about that. So I'd like you to ex- uh, expand that, that difference a little bit for us.
1: Sure. Um, I think a lot of people inter- use these words interchangeably. And it, it sort of irks me since this was a big chapter in a book I recently wrote. So mindset, I, I believe, is defined as, it, that's intentional. Your mindset is something um, that's going to take focus and deliberate action on your part. So your mindset is one thing. Attitudes are going to change with emotion and environment. So a lot of people will say, well, somebody... Um, Somebody has the wrong, wrong mindset. What they're really trying to say is somebody has a bad attitude or somebody needs to change their attitude. It's, it's not the same thing. So let, let me use that as an example in a dental practice. If the mindset from a doctor's standpoint is to take care of patients, I mean, obviously that's, that's what we're there for, right? What you're there for to be able to be intentional and focused on taking care of the patient that you have in front of you. If you're, I'm going to sort of rag on assistance for a second. If, if the assistant's having a bad day and, and hasn't handed you the tools the way that you would like them to be handed to you or is just not concentrating on the procedure at hand, then that's an attitude issue. It's not a mindset issue. So, but those are the types of things sort of weaving back to what we've been talking about that needs to be addressed because you really shouldn't have any surprises. And if you're coaching your team and somebody does something out of the norm, you have to say something immediately or the same behavior is going to take place. Like for me teaching, um, you know, junior high kids, if some, I'm going to really be strict about the fundamentals, right? Because if we're going to do a right-handed layup, we're going to have the right hand and the right knee go up. But if I'm going over a left-hand layup, the left hand and the left knee need to go up. I'm not going to allow a player to do anything other than the left hand and the left knee on the left side of the basket, because that's creating bad habits. And I've got to break it before I know how to help them further down the road, because it's so basic, right? But I need to stop what I'm doing. And, and if you ask any girls I've ever coached, they will tell you, coach isn't going to let me do it the wrong way. Well, why would I? Because if my expectation is I want you to do it right, because there's a right way and a wrong way. And you can get your bad habits when you're not with me. But if you're with me as your coach, I'm going to straighten that for you because you can't build and go more than the foundational blocks if you're not doing it right to begin with. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, I have a confession to make. I could never do a (laughs) left-handed (laughs) layup. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, somehow in the boys game that didn't make a difference i don't know why but don't get me started about looking at the nba because if you can't dunk then oh, i guess please. you're not playing in the nba
0: <laughs> plus they all walk too and they never called for it so oh anyway.
1: uh, oh my gosh I, it's, it's <laughs> we, unnerving that's why oh yeah okay i'm gonna stop i'll go down we call we it
0: at home see the, M- the nba step so they all get a step so mm-hmm. that's okay uh, they're fun. They're fun to watch. Uh, let's go back to the, uh, to the, to the, this is, this is fun. Let's get back to the morning uh, huddle, the morning meeting. Uh, what are some, some goals? I don't think, I think this is something that, again, we bandy this term, uh, about, but we really don't, uh, we don't dissect it. We don't really consider, okay, what are, we don't have a lot of time. We have to get a lot done, sets a tone for the day. You know, the speed of the leaders, the speed of the gang. Uh, what should we be looking to, uh, accomplish in the morning meeting?
1: The, more, the morning meeting should not be more than five to 10 minutes. The biggest thing is everybody needs to come prepared to, to the meeting. That's really the issue because I don't like having meetings unless there's a goal. Um, I've walked in, in other industries. I've walked away from meetings because they were just aimlessly just talking about things. And, and I just don't have time for that. So when you are preparing for your morning meeting, that, the key to what I just said is prepare. So when I go into an office, as far as the best practice is concerned, if you have an office manager or a financial coordinator, they should be the ones that say, this is where we are according to goal. This individual um, owes us money for today. Um, This individual has outstanding treatment that we need to be able to influence them to go ahead and schedule it. Those types of things need to be reviewed with your schedule at hand so everybody can make notes on what needs to happen with each patient. If, if there's something really out of the ordinary that's happening with their health history, if they need to pre-med, make sure everybody realizes that particular patient should have pre med before they came into the office or else you're going to have some issues. Um, scheduling coordinator needs to be able to look at the schedule and say, okay, everybody, if, we have, if I have an emergency call, where should I place that? Give me some options in the morning, give me some options in the afternoon. If you work all of these things out, then, then you don't have a bunch of people running around interrupting you and op saying, can I do this? Can I do that? Which makes the day slow and makes everybody, their, your day easier. And, and I find, I really don't know how dentists do this, Wes. I'll be completely honest. You guys transition from clinical work to business owner and that takes so much energy to change hats. And a lot of your team members just expect you to do it right off the bat. And some dentists are faster with that transition than others because it's an interruption, no matter how you look at it. It's a total interruption to whatever you're thinking about. And I like to I like to make that as infrequent as possible. And part of doing that is having a good morning meeting
0: yeah they're they're key, and uh I always tell my team you know a silly mistake makes the whole team look silly, and we try to really avoid silly mistakes and I think the the morning huddle the morning meeting is really your your blueprint, so you don't make silly mistakes
1: and if you and, and in addition to that, it's really the only time your team is together to be be able to have communication about the day before your day starts.
0: Yeah, once a and, gun goes then, off, you're all moving.
1: Exactly. And then it just makes it more difficult and more cumbersome from from everybody's standpoint. So to keep things simple, it's always easier to have that morning huddle.
0: Agreed. Well, the time is really flying by here. So I'm on my last question for you. And it's probably the one that everyone thinks about or has experience with. And that is, what can I do if one employee brings the group down, i.e., what do you do if you have an 800-pound gorilla in your office?
1: Again, conflict is not a bad thing. It's how we deal with it. That can be horrific. So I'll go back to what I previously said. However, if you've made good hiring choices and this this individual has wonderful qualities, which a lot of times they do, it's just 80% is great, 10% needs work, Right. Um, and then the other percent will just let that float out. So the first thing is examine why. What is happening? Have they had a big life change? Are they going through a divorce? Is one of their children sick? Are they caring for aging patients? You could have, I mean, aging parents. You could have a lot of different things happening in somebody's personal life, especially if they've been with you a long time and you're wondering, okay, she's not doing what she used to do five, ten years ago. What's happened? So the first thing is to, to really sit down and examine why. Um, maybe you need to work on some fundamentals because in dentistry, we typically do the same sorts of things every day. And sometimes we either need to think about things differently or be reminded of things because they are so rote to us. Um, and, and figure out, work on the fundamentals, figure out what is the potential obstacle for their, um, for their work, not being as good as it once was. And is, it, does attitude have a tendency to play into it? Because I think there, there is a lot of things that happen. Um, when you have a lot of women together, there's bound to be some controversy. And yes, I'm going to rag on my gender for a moment because some people love drama. I don't like drama. I like to deal with it, but other people sort of thrive off of it. So you you need to be able to sit that individual down and really have a great conversation and if you are a coach you already know how this player is going to play you already know for this particular team player are is that the one that's going to be put up to the foul line you know if there's a technical Th- those types of things or am I going to trust her with the ball you know when we're going into overtime can she make that three point shot those are the things you need to know as a coach to to decide how how prob- probable is success going to be in your practice. So when you ask if there's only one person bringing you down, that's when you need to have those heart-to-heart conversations. And coaches have them all the time with your players.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> AAU. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I, I, mean, I know. I know.
1: I, I, I dealt with so many things that were non-basketball related. And that's one of the reasons why I love coaching is because I get to affect the next generation of females and teach them life skills through the sport of basketball. That's the reason why I coach. So you can imagine mindset, attitude, all these things that when they go to college or when they go for their first job, they're going to have the inner character core values that everybody wants to hire. That's the reason why I do what I do on the basketball court, other than I just love the sport. And there's so many things you can learn from playing a sport. But from a dental standpoint, it really is just breaking everything down um, into manageable pieces and go from there. And, and let me also say, Wes, that whatever's happening in the practice, for, especially for your listeners, whatever's happening can be fixed. Nothing is ever so far gone that it can't change. So please don't think that you're alone because you're not.
0: You're right. And change is voluntary. I tell my my staff Mm -hmm. that if if we want to change, we also agree to do it. Lynn, this was a very interesting and very robust and very fun conversation. And I really thank you. I know how busy you are, uh, but I I thank you for taking time out to share your your wisdom with us. Uh, You make us all want to be coaches. And that's that's really a cool thing. Uh, For the listeners that want to reach out to you and do some work with you, uh, and I think there will be many, uh, what's the best way to reach you?
1: I think the best way is to um, you can either email me, which is going to be Lynn and that's L Y N N E at victory dental All of it spelled out. Or if you can't remember that you can Google me or you can pull up my website at victory dental com. And you can also follow cool. me on social media as well.
0: Yes. <laughs> 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 I really enjoyed this. Thanks again for, uh, uh, you know, carving out some time for us.
1: Thank you for the invitation. I really had fun.
0: My pleasure.